Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. All right, welcome back, guys. We are here with another episode, and we've been continuing uh, the last several episodes, just going through the first couple of chapters of Genesis, uh, getting some of that uh, information on the beginnings, the creative order, and uh, I think we will probably end this uh, this little mini-series today, getting into the end of chapter 3 of Genesis and a little bit of the beginning, getting into Cain and Abel. But I wanted to uh, definitely make an appeal to folks, go back, watch this last several episodes, and um, you'll be able to kind of get, a, I think, a good feel for the opening of the, of the Word of God, the opening of the Bible, and, and creation. And if you have any questions or comments or things like that, obviously, you can reach out to us on uh, the Facebook page, Rev Breakers. Um, has a Facebook page where we we will answer even direct messages and such, and also podcast at breadbreakers.com, podcast at breadbreakers.com. If you do have any questions, um, you can send them there as well. So we ended right around uh, the, the end of the curse, the fall in uh, Genesis 3, so around verse 19 of Genesis 3. So we will just pick it right back up where we left off in verse 20. And again, this is after uh, God has come into the garden, uh, realized that uh, Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, we get through the, all of their, oh, it's not me, it was the woman, and the woman, oh, it's not me, it's the snake. And then God hands out all of the, uh, the curses on each one of the parties involved. And so now we're on verse 20. And it says, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And again, we made reference to this, uh, the naming of something uh, in one of the earlier um, episodes. So you can go back and listen to that a little bit when he names the animals and all that. So Adam was given the the, the duty, the uh, he's accountable for overseeing the household. He's accountable for, for creation. He's held accountable for the fall. Uh, you find in the New Testament that, that Adam really is the one that God looks at and says it's because of Adam that we have sin, we have the fall. Uh, he really doesn't lay that blame at the feet of Eve, and that's because of the order of creation, God, Christ, man, woman, and the fact that Adam is accountable before God. And But with that accountability comes some, some responsibility and some authority. And part of that was the, the naming of the animals and, of course, the, the naming of his wife, Eve. Verse 21, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So here we see God is uh, showing the, the need for the shedding of blood. Now, this is something that uh, we see throughout the, the Bible. Uh, God said there's going to be death uh, when you sin. Now, we know that over time, Adam and Eve did die, right? But there was an immediate requirement of blood um, due to the sin, due to the sin. And so 
Where did God get the skins from? Right? That, that's kind of what, what I'm getting at. Where did God get the skins from? He killed an animal. An animal died, and there was a uh, substitutionary sacrifice, if I can use those terms. And we see Adam and Eve are clothed, and uh, God, the wrath of God, is appeased uh, temporarily because of the shedding of blood. Now, if we get to the book of Hebrews uh, 9.22, it says this, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And, of course, we can look at the Old Testament, the sacrificial system uh, under the law, and on and on, and we can see uh, the, the picture of the shedding of blood, we can see the foreshadowing of Jesus, the perfect lamb, and uh, all of that starts right here in Genesis. And so he clothed them, he um, then goes on in verse 22, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man. And at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, uh, we see that God kicked them out of the garden. This was a punishment for their, their sin, their disobedience. Remember, all sin is just disobedience to God. God lays it out there in his word. God says, hey, do this or do not do this, and we disobey. That is sin. God is perfect. His word is perfect. His laws are perfect and just, and when we disobey, we are sinning. So he uh, says in verse 22, again, getting back to chapter one, where it says, you know, God said, let us make man in our image. Go back and listen to that if you want to get a little more uh, background and color on that. But uh, definitely seems he is talking to these divine beings, right? The Elohim, these divine beings that are there, uh, though they are like God, in, in many respects, right? Man, mankind is like God. We are made in the image of God. Uh, you could probably say it like this. Yahweh is an Elohim, or Yahweh is Elohim, but all Elohim are not Yahweh, right? Yahweh is the one, the I am that I am, the one true living God. These others are not God as we would uh, understand it, right? This eternally existing, self-sufficient one, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, omnibenevolent, um, omnificent, right? All of these omni words. <laughs> uh, that is not what they are. But there does seem to be this, this council. Uh, some people call it the divine council, but that there seems to be these, these beings that are in a sort of rulership, leadership role and it's a council there, and he's saying to them, hey, uh, the man has become like one of us. Once again, they are beings in the image of God, but they are not mankind. They are not men. 
They are, uh, call it uh, angelic hosts. Again, the word angel, without trying to get too deep into this, right? the word angel just kind of means like, like a messenger. It's more of a function than a being, right? Like a cherubim or a seraphim. Uh, what are these beings in the divine council? They are Elohim. They are, uh, they obviously have, um, you know, the, the faculties of things like will and mind. Uh, if, if beings rebel against God, that means they have a will that they can exercise on their own. They've, they rebel against God. And we see Satan, the fallen angels, all that stuff. But I, again, I don't want to get too, too deep into that. Right now, I just want to say uh, there are there is this council. There seems to be that seems to be the indication. Again, go back and there's different ways of looking at the "Let us make man in our image," but I, I just think that the best one is probably there's this council, um, and mankind is is like one of those, though earthy, mixed with the dust. Right, he's part of the earth, and we are made in the image of God, and so. Now uh, we see they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. They are not allowed back in. They are not allowed to stretch out their hand and take from the Tree of Life. And just as a nugget, I'll drop this. All right, you can go and you can read the end of the of the Bible, the Book of Revelation, chapter twenty-two, and you see kind of a, a reinstitution of the Tree of Life. And uh, it's pretty interesting there. Kind of a cool. Again, bookends, right? Beginning Genesis, they get kicked away from the tree of life. The end in, in Revelation, we see uh, the tree of life is is restored. It's back. Uh, and, and where is it? What is it? We'll have to talk about that in another, uh, another podcast. <laughs> because right now we're going into chapter 4 of Genesis. And chapter 4 says this. Now Adam, this is verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying... I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was angry, was very angry, and his face fell. Now we can stop right there. Uh, Adam and Eve, they have children. It says in the course of time, they brought these offerings to the Lord. So it it seems to indicate this was not like the first time this had ever been done. It wasn't like, hey, we, we, should, we should give something to God. And and Cain was like, oh, I think I'll give some fruit. And Abel was like, I think I'll give, um, you know, of the, of the fat of the flock here. And, and then God just had, you know, he, he just liked Abel more than Cain. It seems, again, that this was something that was a regular occurrence and that there had already been instruction given. Why do I say that? Because of the next little bit here where it gets into God did not have respect for what Cain brought but did for Abel. Why would he do that? Probably because he told them what it was they were supposed to be sacrificing. Uh, Again, let's go to verse 6. Of course, Cain is, is angry. Because uh, you know how dare how dare God not accept what uh, he wanted to give, right? And so in verse six it says the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry? And why 
has your face fallen? This is it right here. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Now, we can go back to uh, chapter 2. Those last couple of phrases, its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. It's the same kind of phrasing where it talks about how the woman, her desire will be for for the man, uh, and but he will have to rule over her. It's the same kind of thing, right? There, there's going to be these two things in conflict, and uh, the, the desire is for one of them to un, unrighteously, uh, the usurpation, right? It's not in order, but one is going to try and take over the other, the rulership of the other. And right here, he's saying, Cain, you got to rule over sin. Uh, same thing with Adam. Adam is going to have to rule over the household. Not going to be an easy peasy like before the fall. But you can go and you can match those up and look and see. Because some translations of the Bible, the reason I'm saying that, some translations of the Bible, I don't know what translation you might be using, but some of them say, like, uh, in, during the curse, God says to Eve, your desire will be for your husband. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, a husband should desire his wife, a, a wife should desire her husband, no big deal. That, that doesn't seem like it's part of a curse. But the wording there, what that means, what those words mean, is not you're just going to be into your husband. You're going to like him. You're going to dig him a lot. That's not what it's saying. It's saying your desire will be what? To usurp his authority. And this is the same thing right here. Some versions of the Bible um, talk about sin and its desire, you know, for you. But but it's contrary. It's trying to rule over unrightfully, unlawfully. And so what does God tell Cain? You must rule over it. You got to get yourself under control, bro. You, you are going to go down this path of sin, just like his mother and father had, if he doesn't do what is right. Now, I love the fact that God tells him, you have done wrong, but what? Just repent, do right, and you're going to be good. Um, I, want to, I want to look at this a little bit, right? And put it in the context of modern modern religious worship. There are uh, people that will say things like this. I am spiritual, but not religious. Usually when somebody says, I'm spiritual, but not religious, or something like that, right? I When somebody says something like, well, my Jesus, or my, well, my God, um, you got to perk up those ears a little bit, because a lot of times what people will do is they will fashion a quote-unquote God or even a quote-unquote Jesus in a similar fashion to what Cain did here. I'm going to say this. If you look at the idea of religion, man-made religion, religion that is not true and pure before God, the kind of religion that God wants, I think you see the beginning of it here with Cain. Because what is religion? Religion ultimately is is some kind of attempt at at God, right? Somebody who is atheist, they they are they do not they they say at least they claim right they they do not believe in God. 
It is a religion because if there is no higher being, there is no Yahweh or or any kind of God, you know, whether it's a deist God, whether it's a pantheon of gods or whatever, if there's nothing higher than human beings, then human beings are God. And the religion is simply going to be one that human beings sort of put into place. This is things like scientism. You know, the science, follow the science, right? <laughs> and, and then who defines the science? Well, these people do, and we're just supposed to follow them. That is just religious. That, that's just, okay, our, your way to God. And the way you define God is just this institution. Another one is the state. For many people that are godless, for many people that don't have any kind of being or higher power or whatever that is God, uh, that they are accountable to or that they kind of, you know, they, they worship, um, then the state, the federal or highest level of government, the government, uh, and I'm not talking about family government or individual government or those kinds of, you know, church, ecclesiastical government. I'm talking about the feds, right? <laughs> uh, that is their God. That becomes their God. Everybody is going to have some kind of religious inclination. You're going to go towards something that is bigger than you, and generally that is your God. If it's yourself, you are the master of your own universe, then you're going to have a religious system that uh, bears that out. If it's the state, you're going to have religious systems that bear that out. If it's quote-unquote science, there's a religious system that bears that out. Uh, and so here we see that there's really no such thing as spiritual but not religious. You are religious, it's just what kind of religion? What are the do's and don'ts of your religion? What are the uh, sacraments of your religion? What are the ordinances and, and, and processes and things of your religion? They all have them. They all have them. They, they, they may be many and vast and very formalized, or they may be few and uh, very just kind of haphazard, but they, they do exist, <laughs> okay? And the, the birth of religion is right here, because it is not, I will bow the knee to the one true God, Yahweh, and I will obey and do what he commands. Instead, it is, I will worship, but I will do it like I want to. I will do what suits me. I'm not, speaking for Cain right now, I'm not going to go to my brother and trade some fruit or trade some vegetables, trade uh, and get one of his, uh, one of his lambs, right? There's nothing wrong with being, be, being someone who, who doesn't handle livestock, who doesn't grow livestock, right? Okay, you're a tiller of the ground. Hey, we need, we need that too. We need that kind of farming as well. Great. Awesome, Cain. Now go get some of that trade some of that good produce with your brother and get a lamb and sacrifice the lamb and give God what he said he wants. He didn't say he wanted your fruit. He said he wanted a lamb. So all you got to do is go get a lamb by bartering, trading with your brother, and then offer the lamb as the sacrifice that God wants. Instead, instead, he got religious well, I'm going to come and I'm going to worship God and, and God should, right? God should honor the sacrifice that I give him. This is, I can tell you from years of pastoring, this is the, uh, this is the heart of many people. This is the attitude 
of many people. You know, the Word of God says this, the Scripture says this, you should be doing that, you should, no, 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 I'm not doing any of that stuff, but I'm still on good terms with God uh, because I'm going to offer him what I want to offer him. I'm going to give him what I feel to give him. Well, that that's not how God works. God does not, he, he does not work that way. He never has worked that way. And it, we, we as people are supposed to bow the knee and do what God wants. Again, the problem is we often are in a position where we are giving God something that he didn't he didn't ask for. He he doesn't want that. He doesn't accept that. And this is what Cain did. And I would argue that is basically the essence of religion. You're building things up for this greater power, greater purpose, greater whatever it might be. But what are you doing? It is just religious. It's just religious. And so that's that's where Cain uh, kind of got his whole his whole dealio. Now, if you look at the, the the response, and again, right, we can go through the scriptures. I've done this before uh, in various little mini series, um, talking about false apostles, false Christ, false gospel, false spirit, all these things. But you can go and you can look. The Bible actually teaches about even a, a false Jesus. People do have a desire to lean into. If you go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you can read in there. It talks about the um, how, how Satan, uh, this is verse 14, Satan disguises himself, right, like a, uh, like a being of light, okay, and he is deceptive. And so we should not think that people, if they say the word Jesus, if they say, I go to a quote-unquote a church, uh, if they, they're, they're holding and handling a Bible, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are true worshipers of the true God. And so that's why there are many other ways to evaluate um, true religion, true worship, true disciples, and the like. And I've done, I've done series on that. If you're not sure where to find those, again, on Spotify and on YouTube— but if you're curious, hit us up on Facebook or you can email us uh, podcast at breadbreakers.com and I'd be happy to, to share some of that stuff with you. Now, what I'm going through is uh, in Genesis. And so uh, what does Cain do? Well, Cain spoke in verse 8. We're back in Genesis 4 and 8. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel? your brother. He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Again, right? He gets that like, hey, don't point at me. It's not my fault. It's not me. I'm not accountable here. This is pretty standard for Cain, for Adam and Eve, for every person. When we are called um, on the carpet, right? When we are, when correction maybe needs to go forth or something like that, a, a very common knee-jerk reaction is to blame somebody else or, hey, I'm not accountable for that. That's not me. And God said, no, no, that's, you are accountable. Um, again, getting back to if he had just done right, if he had just repented and said, you know what, I, you're right, God, I, I, I need to get you what you want. I need to be obedient here. He would have been fine. He would have been fine. I do also think it's interesting. Maybe this is something I'll have to explore and do another podcast or, or something on, but this is before the New Testament. This is before the blood of Jesus. This is before the infilling of the Spirit. And God still tells Cain, you need to rule over sin. Isn't that interesting? 
you need to uh, you need to rule over sin. Why? Because Cain got mad. He he should have repented and 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 done what God said. But he got mad and he had a choice: get mad and and do right, or get mad and do what he did. And this is very common. It's very common for people to when when they see. I am not doing right, and look over here. Here's another person, and they are doing right. I should be doing what they're doing. I should be. It's very common. Instead of going, you know what? I need to go find out from them. How, how, how can I do a little better? Maybe I can come along them, and they can help me, um, or whatever, right? Uh, a lot of times what happens is they would rather kill the person that is doing right, now, whether that's actual physically killing them, whether it's defaming and, and, and putting them down, trying to destroy their reputation, maybe it's just as simple as trying to make fun of and poke fun at what they are doing. Uh, well, ha, 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 you know, what are you, who do you think you are, blah, blah, blah. This is a common occurrence. And if you look through the scriptures, you actually see the persecution of people who do right by those who know better. They know better. They know they should be doing what that person is doing, but they don't. Uh, what happens to Gideon when he destroys the um, when he destroys the idol and everybody wakes up and the idol's been destroyed? They get mad at Gideon. They want to they want to do harm to Gideon, right? What what is it when when Saul is chasing David? He knows that David is the one doing right. Saul knows he knows, but what does he do? He tries to kill David. He, instead of getting right and being like, you know what, I need to be doing what this young guy is doing. Instead, he tries to kill the one who's doing right. This is a, and what do they do to Jesus, <laughs> right? What did they do? They hated, they hated him. Who hated him? The religious folks, right? They hated him. They hated him. And they rode on the back of Rome, okay? They rode on the back of Rome to have him killed, because they were under Roman jurisdiction, and so they couldn't just go out and kill them themselves. They had to use Rome, partner with Rome, sort of right on the back of Rome, to kill and destroy Jesus. This is common. Jesus said this is going to be something that pe people in the world, right, there, there's going to be this animosity toward truth, toward light, when someone likes darkness, when they don't want to bow the knee to God, when somebody wants to be religious and maintain their religious posture and feel good about themselves, when they look at someone who is bringing the true religion, when they're bringing truth, when they're bringing the truth of God's word, when they are doing those kinds of things, then what happens? It, it tends to be, if they're not going to repent, then they are going to do what? try and kill the uh, the one who's doing right. And it's just, it's just the way human beings are. It's difficult to live and, and know I should be doing right, I should be doing that over there. Oh, well, I'm just not. Rather, we try to destroy um, what is right. And so that's what Cain did. And God said, nope. No, you, you think you're not accountable? You think that you're going to get out of it that way? I don't think so. And here is what uh, here is what God's answer was. Well, am, I, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, verse 10 of Genesis 4, And the Lord said, What have you done? 
the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You should be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. I'm just, I'll just stop right there uh, because I think I, this, this gets the point. God then, same as with Adam and Eve, there's judgment, there's a curse on Cain. Uh, Cain is judged for his disobedience and for the murder of his brother. Now, again, there's no law that says thou shalt not murder. There's no, where's the Ten Commandments at this point, right? The Ten Commandments uh, are not uh, new laws and rules that God came up with for the first time. These are things that are written uh, in the, if I can say, in, in, in the Logos, in the Logos, in the mind of God, in the character of God. And human beings are accountable for them. Uh, whether you've got a piece of paper that says you're not supposed to murder or it's just written there on your conscience, we are accountable for these things before a righteous and just God. And Cain was accountable. Uh, we don't see any indication that Cain, you know, automatically knew this is what this is what's going to happen. But uh, it doesn't matter. God said, nope, that's not the way it's going to be. You're not going to get out of it. Uh, there's going to be justice, you have shed blood, and now you are going to be cursed. And so we see this um, through the human race. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we see the creation and the fall. And in Genesis 4, we see that into the children, and on and on and on and on from there, but into the children, uh, Adam and Eve, that sin nature has now taken foothold has taken hold, and it's now there in uh, their generations and generations beyond. So this is kind of why we are where we are. This is kind of the kickoff for the need for a Savior, the need for Jesus Christ. Uh, remember, there was the prophecy uh, that, that God gave to Eve that yeah, the serpent's going to bruise his heel, but he is going to deliver a, you know, a head wound, right? Basically, he's going to stomp on the head, and that's going to be it. But this, from the very beginning, was the plan and purpose of God. We sinned, there was disobedience, sin is in the world, and now we need a Savior. And that is uh, where you can see, right over into the New Testament, that is where the Savior is born where the incarnation happens, the Savior is born, and we get into the, the beauty and grandeur of the, of the New Testament, the church, and beyond. But I, I hope this uh, little analysis, the first couple of chapters of Genesis, has been helpful. It's been fun to kind of go through this and um, hopefully enlightening. Definitely hit us up uh, with any questions, any follow-ups, things of that nature. But until then, we will bid you adieu, and we will see you on the next episode.